Welcome to the Nicholas and Tally Show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. This is part two of chatting with Morgan J. If you haven't listened to part one, recommend you pop on over there. It's the last episode in the queue. Tune into that episode, then rejoin us here. A quick recap, Morgan J. is a musician and comedian based in Los Angeles. Morgan has made appearances on MTV's Wild and Out, NBC, and Comedy Central. He's won multiple awards and festivals across the U.S., but with millions of followers on his social media platforms, he's most recognized from his viral TikToks and Instagram posts. This episode will be completely uninterrupted, no ads. But the deal is, if we're going uninterrupted before we dive in, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this episode with a friend that you know will get a little something out of it. These shares and reviews help me reach out to guests, which in turn bring more value to you on how to live a fulfilling life. Riddle of the week, what do you call a belt made of watches? Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. That was the intro. Now here is the episode. When I bring up attending a comedy show with my friends, the instant gut reaction to them is, I don't want to sit in the front. They're going to make fun of me. And I think there is a little bit of a connotation still that if you go to a comedy show, you might get roasted. But I think what you're doing, the strategies you're taking is, I think people want to be involved in the show and be engaged, but they don't yeah. want to get torn to pieces. Like people 100%. want to go to a show to laugh and have fun. They're not trying to, like you're saying, have something yeah. to hit home and go home sad from a comedy show. Yeah, dude. No, I, I 100% agree. I have, there's um, the comments in my post range from, man, I can't wait to sit in the front row and like oh, get great. roasted by you. Uh, <laughs> or, or I can't, or I'm not going to get it, sit in the, I'm not going to sit in the front row because I don't want to get roasted like that. But it's like, it's pretty, you know, I, I try to be pretty warm about it, you know? I use the term warm and affectionate, you know, cause, uh, it's all love and it's, it's all, I want it to feel like we're kind of at a dinner party or something, you know? And as much as we hate the guy who whips the guitar out at a, at a dinner party or any sort of party because of the context we're in, I think it's okay. It provides a space for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's context to certain scenarios that make sense. Have you ever had a heckler? Has your strategy with hecklers changed over time or... Does it not happen as uh, often I as I time think? As regarding the hecklers, I think the only time it's went really bad was this New Year's Eve. I got booed off stage in uh, <gasps> Chicago. Wow. Yeah, I was doing a New Year's Eve show. I, I had a show December 30th and December 31st. It was a black room. Just so pe- for those people who know, there's like white rooms, there's black rooms. There's like, there's every type of room you could think of, right? Um, this was the south side of Chicago. And the first night it went really well. And and the thing the cool, the thing I love about black audiences that like when they love you like they fucking they make you feel like an absolute rock star like it's i can't really explain it and then but when they don't fuck with you like (laughs) they i didn't let you know they boo you off stage and it's like it's that's like if you ever watch showtime at apollo that's part of the whole show like the guy coming up with the hook and like kicking you off stage (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) So, so like, uh, I think that's just sort of like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, there are people who yell and as far as normal hecklers, like the average, by normal, I mean like the average heckler you see at a comedy club, there's like several types. There's the one that gets super drunk. There's the drunkard for sure. There's the ones that are like really supportive, right? There's like different types. There's the drunk one that gets mean. There's the drunk one that gets really supportive. There's the not, there's the sober one who gets offended. 
There's the, you know, there's just different ways it takes forms. No matter what the heckler is, I try not to get mad about it because I, I do see, I have seen comics that get really upset about it. Or there's like the, the heckler, it's, not, it's like a silent heckler. You see them on their phone and it's like really distracting to everybody because we see them on their phone. You know, or they're just talking during the show very loudly. And I think a heckle is anything that's defined as disrupting the show. I mean, man, I've done shows where there's babies in the crowd and it's crying. And like, what do I, what do I say? Like, yeah, the fuck out, get that baby out of here. <laughs> Ugly the ass baby's baby. not 21. Stupid <laughs> ass baby. Can't even drink. Stupid baby. Don't even know how to count. Fuck out of here. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. so, so, but again, like my show's warm and uh, my audiences are, are lovely. And I think some people get exhausted. I do think with my shows, because it does sometimes become so conversive, they they get a little uh, chatty towards the end after a couple mm. drinks and it feels like a party. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it can get a little bit too loosey-goosey. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm. yeah. That adds up. That's interesting. Those are interesting insights. Yeah. The labeling of each of them. Yeah. And I have your own developed strategy for each of those. Different situations yeah. call for different tactics. Let's talk about, this is what I know, your ex-roommate. Brent. Oh, yeah. Is a featured Wild and Out cast member. What was the process for you like to get involved with Wild and Out? It was totally unrelated and coincidental. No Literally, way. That's wild. A hundred percent. I know multiple people on that show. None of them have ever recommended me for the show. Uh, and it just so happened one of my clips had gone viral. And I think somebody famous shared it. And I think Nick Cannon saw it. And I think it kind of went down the rabbit hole and he literally DM'd me. That was it. Wow. That was it. Wow. What did it say? You up? Yeah, basically. No, it was uh, basically, hey, you, <clears throat> you ready to come wild out with us? That's what, That was the message. And so... Um, message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. So I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And so um, a month later, I was in Atlanta and going through the audition process and ended up shooting 12 episodes. Was I any good? I don't know, but I learned a lot and I thought it was a good experience. Yeah, heck yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Isn't that wild that situations can unfold like that? Like you uploaded a video and next thing you know, Nick Cannon is in your DMs. That's the thing about social media, man. It's it's a great equalizer and it gives a lot of power to the creator. Yeah. It can be taken away, but it gives a lot of power to the creator. 100%. Man, that's cool. Did you get to meet everybody there? Are you still in touch? Nick Cannon, friends? Uh, yeah, Nick, Nick was super nice. Again, I was only on 12 episodes out of 52. Um, met a lot yeah, of cool people. I, I think the episode... The most notable episode I'm going to be on is with Chance the Rapper. Oh, fun. And I, also, I was on an episode with Nelly. Mm. But yeah, it should be cool. I'm excited to see. I mean, look, it could come out and I'm I'm terrible in it, but we'll see. I'm not, you know, on to the next thing. Exactly. I'm actually, I'm very curious about the corporate events that you do. Yeah. In the sense of, are you performing in a, a conference room? Is it Zoom? Is the audience as engaged as when you're performing at other types of venues? What is it? What's the setup like when performing for a corporate event? So actually, I've only done maybe three or four in-person corporate events. They're all there are a struggle, all of them. Um, usually, it's like a banquet hall or a dinner or a party, and some and nobody wants to hear you or listen to you. Uh, and so, but the majority of them, I mean, I've probably done well over a hundred virtual corporate events. And wow. those are real easy for me, um, fun, and uh, I mean they're not always fun, but I, I would I actually prefer that experience to the live corporate experience. Mm. 
Why is that? More control? I don't have to travel. Love that. If nobody wants to pay attention, they just put themselves on mute and I can't hear them. Because at a live event, if nobody pays attention... You feel it. I feel it. If I want to make fun of somebody in the crowd, I could spotlight them on Zoom and everybody can see them and it's fun Flames. for everybody. Yeah. It's actually easier to do crowd work on a virtual space. <laughs> if you can believe that. But the money's really good and uh, you don't have to do like a full hour. I think the most I ever perform is like 40 minutes for these events. Uh, sometimes that's like a five-minute set and you're part of a group. So Wow. Yeah. Does not get better than that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's all... it's. It, I think it's all work. It's all work, dude. It's like you just have to really uh, accept what feels like the work and what feels fun. You know, the comedy clubs are basically like the closest to being like creatively free that I can be. Uh, and then all the other gigs are kind of like we have to work within limitations. How's the transformation of your confidence been over time? I saw or heard that when you were in the early stages, you would shake going up there. One, you started doing open mics for music before switching to open yeah. mics for comedy. Now, do you still get the nerves? Do you still have the same sort of, or is it turned into excitement? How has your confidence changed since doing it for so long? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think uh, it's, I'm, I, feel very, I feel very confident about what I do now. I feel like I'm a professional. I feel when I go on stage, I'm gonna just do my thing and if they don't like it, then they don't like it. But I know I believe in my, I guess, product. So uh, it's all good now. I, I feel very confident. Uh, I feel like I could entertain almost any crowd, almost any crowd. And did it just take reps, practice? You got self-talk going on? Uh, self-talk, it takes a lot of that. It takes a lot of manifesting. It takes a lot of telling yourself that you are the shit. I mean, at least for me, it does. Some people are just have this incredible delusional sense of like undeserved power, confidence yeah undeserved confidence that's cool if you're really good um but if you're bad it's just kind of weird you know what i mean so <laughs> um i mean i'm not delusional i definitely yeah. i mean i literally told you nine out of ten crowd work moments are kind of mid for me you know like i i have the self-awareness to know you know when I think before it was like my sets were bad, good, and great, and now they're good, great, and awesome, or like mm. whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? There's no bad sets anymore. Um, I think th the best way you can judge an entertainer is how they fail, and if they can fail gracefully and humbly, because uh, I've definitely seen comedians who can fail gracefully, but then when they get off stage... They're like, fuck that crowd, you know? Wow. And they're like, yeah. they suck. And like some crowds do suck and they're not as good as other crowds. But like if you're an entertainer, you know that and accept that, right? So, that, and you, just, you, you know, just be humble about it. Like, damn. And I've, and, I've, and I've seen other comedians like attack the audience when it's not going well. And uh, I don't know. I'm not with that. I'm not yeah, with that. That sounds bad. Yeah. Sounds like a bad move. Morgan, we are rapidly approaching the final question of the podcast. But before oh we do, I want to acknowledge you for all that you're doing. I think what we touched on here today about the value of bringing smiles and joy to people yeah. is super important. Yeah. Very significant and plays a big role in our lives. And I just finished watching Modern Family and that gave me a big boost. And all those entertainers, they have something that will live on that 
bleeds into people's minds in a positive way. And I think you do the same thing. So thank you for doing that. that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. The final question of the podcast is, what does it mean to live a fulfilling life? I think it's the amount, you know what I, you know what it is? Oh my God, this quote, I'm going to butcher it, but I think about it a lot ever since I heard it. I think the, I think the current Pope said it, but it was kind of like, you know, a sun does not shine on itself. A river does not drink its own water. A tree does not eat the fruit that it bears. Living a happy life is good, but living a life for others is even better, right? So I'm, I'm messing the quote up, but the point being is if you could make your life about helping other people, then that's fulfilling. And however, which way you choose to do that, whether it's like help the homeless or, or be a social worker or be a teacher or there's, there's different ways because it, it doesn't have to be like literal money charity. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like, if I can get people to laugh that night, I know that sense of that good feeling is going to ripple out. You know what I mean? And so that makes me feel fulfilled to be honest with you. And also writing a really funny song or joke that also like feels good. There's nothing, I mean, I don't know if there's any better feeling than when you write a new joke and it just hits so hard and you're like, oh my God, it feels so good. (laughs) You know, that feeling is incredible. I believe it. Discovering your gift and giving that gift to the world. Morgan, where can people find you on the internet? How can they say hello? All I'll say is go to morganj.com. That is J-A-Y, morganj.com. You can can google me and all my stuff will pop up i have all my stuff on itunes and spotify and the streaming services obviously the social media i would just google me and we have a new comedy special that should be coming out within the next two months so full hour of music and comedy which i cannot be more proud of i've never been more proud of a piece of work in my life the wild and out's going to be coming out and who knows what what's going to be happening and then there's going to be a fall tour so i'll be coming to a city near you at some point in america awesome love it all those links will be in the show notes go say hello to morgan morgan thanks for being on the show thank you brother i'll catch you all next time Bye. that was the episode you just listened to it how great was that chatting with morgan J. Did you like that? Some funny moments in there? Who would have thunk? Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this episode with a friend that you know it would tickle their brain. It'll take five seconds, one tap of the thumb, and it's a great use of your screen time. Let me know what you thought on Instagram. Slide into my DMs, at Nicholas Natale. Always curious to hear about what you think about these episodes. The real reason you're still here, you want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. What do you call a belt made of watches? A waste of time. (laughs) Waste like your waist you know oh that is a good pun i gotta tell you that one that one turned some gears for me (laughs) thank you for tuning in i'll see you on friday at 6 a.m be kind be strong be disciplined chase your goals you got one shot at this life get after it be obsessed bye bye